What would it look like to claim your space as a leader and make a positive impact in your organization or community? Get ready to lead courageously and authentically from the core of who you are. Your leadership coach, Dr. Kristen Albert, will help you recognize how you are uniquely gifted to lead in your spheres of influence and help you become equipped and confident to handle the challenges of leadership. Take your leadership to the next level and create your turning points in leadership. Let's get started. Here's Chris. Hello and welcome to Turning Points in Leadership. I'm Dr. Kristen Albert and I'm really happy that you joined us today. In my Turning Points Leadership podcast, I interview individuals who are changing the image of a leader having to be someone at the top of the corporate ladder or holding a title of privilege to be able to make a difference. Instead, my guests are leading change in bold and inspiring ways, and I want you, my audience, to be inspired by them and to consider how you can become a catalyst for change in your spheres of influence. So today I want to welcome my guest, Jose Matthews. Over the last decade, Jose has worked in healthcare within various roles and settings um, from direct bedside care to health system executive and governance support. He's been successfully navigating the ranks and his work specializes in board governance, office operations, project management, cultural affairs, and community engagement. Professionally, Jose is a member of the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia's Global Medicine Business Development Team and is also an active member of the National Association of Health Service Executives. In service, Jose is the vice president, vice president, listen to this, vice president of the Red Clay School District Board of Education. He was elected at the age of 22, and at the time, he was the youngest public official in the state of Delaware. In that role, currently he also serves on the district's health and facilities committees, and Jose's service extends to a plethora of other foundation boards, local government appointments, and nonprofit organizations focused on the betterment of health, wellness, education, and communities. Jose attended Wilmington University where he received his bachelor's of science in health science. I wanted to interview Jose because of the amazing ways he is making change, influencing education, healthcare, the political landscape, and so much more. Believe it or not, I have known Jose for 17 years. Our paths have crossed through his musical talents, and I've admired him in his personal journey and the incredible work he does professionally. So Jose, so sorry for the long introduction. Thank you for your patience. I just needed people to know who they would get to hear from today. You're just a remarkable human being and we're just so lucky to have you here today. So welcome. Thank you for the warm welcome. I'm humbled to be here. It's good to be here. Thank you. Oh my goodness. So do you want to, how, how's your day been? It's been great. I'm home here in Wilmington. Um, so welcome to my home. Nice. Um, things have been going great. I am, again, as you mentioned, working full time, um, actively being engaged on my board. Um, I've enjoyed my summer. I've had a wonderful summer. Lots of cooking within the household, lots of gardening, um, summer trips, beach trips, trips to Puerto Rico. So we've had a, a jam-packed summer um, and been highly engaged with school activities and community events and 
Um, so it's been, things have been moving for sure. That's fabulous. You know, I so enjoy following you on Facebook and in LinkedIn <laughs> because you are always popping up in places. And I think, how in the world does this young man do all of these amazing things? But you're out there, you're moving people from classroom to classroom, you're out there volunteering, you're out there. I mean, it's just amazing. Um, but yeah, it sounds like you've had a very full summer. I do. And it's, it's honestly very rewarding. I was just looking at my schedule and I'm constantly trying to fit more and more people on my calendar to try to connect with. And I think I'm pretty much booked into the fall. Um, so it's been, I think we've waited quite some time to get this, this interview on the calendar too. So I appreciate your patience with that. Um, but no, it's, it's all busy things and all good things. And I, I feel so full, uh, humbled and rewarded to be able to do this work. Mm, Fabulous. Um, for our listeners, you know, I said that I have known Jose for 17 years. We actually met when he was 10 years old. So I've known him since he was a boy. Um, yeah. And if you do the math, yeah. So Jose <laughs> is a young and upcoming leader. I just am just so inspired by all that you accomplished at your young age. Um, yeah. So, but let's dive into some of the, some of the questions around leadership. Um, yeah. I'm excited to let our audiences get to know you through your leadership journey. So I'm curious, what is one of your earliest memories of leading or leadership? I mean, this could be something that you remember actually finding yourself in a leadership position, or it could be a memory where you observed somebody else in leadership um, and had some observations about that. So can you share with us one of your early memories? No, thank you for that. I think some of the earliest memories that I have in leadership um, go for running for office. When I made the decision to run for office, um, I really was leading the interest of the community uh, for a better tomorrow, for um, a time where we can create more equitable resources for children and within this Mm -hmm. area. And I had the pleasure of growing up um, in Chester County, which is where I was born and raised, uh, where the school system and school funding Um, is certainly different from how it looks here and where I live currently in Wilmington, Delaware. Mm -hmm. I felt that I had an exceptional education. Um, As you mentioned before, um, at 10 years old, I had the opportunity to audition um, with the the Kennett Symphony Children's Choir and residents of Westchester University. It was actually the first time in my life that I had stepped on foot um, on an academic campus of that level. And to have that introduction, I think, really provided such an imprint on my life of what was achievable and getting to be on campus every week, every Tuesday night, I still remember this, being able to be on an an academic and educational campus of what opportunities were available in life. Um, I did not necessarily grow up with all of the resources that uh, I would have liked. And and certainly we, we, we were in hardship growing up and we certainly struggled a little bit, but um, we certainly had, I think, the tenacity to gather our resources and, and put them to good use and work hard um, to see a better tomorrow. So I think that's really contributed to my success. But again, in terms of my introduction to leadership, I, I would attribute that to running for office. I, I really felt that within that space, I started to find myself um, and listening to people um, and hearing their stories, which was so empowering and hearing stories that related and looked a lot like my own. 
So, and knowing that I wasn't necessarily this um, anomaly of, of a circumstance. And so with that, I decided to do something about it. Um, and I made this big leap of running for office and something I had never intended to do. Um, but it, it really was, I think, the, the start of where I found my, my ability for leadership. Hmm. You know, I, I'm having trouble imagining being 22 years old and saying, I'm going to run for office. Yeah. I mean, that blows my mind. But, you know, this, this sense in you that you had that you could make a difference and that to do that, you needed to run for office. I mean, yeah. that, is, that is just <laughs> amazing to me. I mean, where was I when I was 22? I was certainly not <laughs> running, running for office at that point. Mm, my goodness. And I really appreciate you bringing out the impact that being on a college campus every week was an introduction I had, that I'd never thought about. That simply by yeah. being on a college campus every week, that you were seeing, you were able to actually envision something greater, something more for yourself. And I had never thought about that before as a, as a benefit of, of bringing that children's chorus to residence yeah. at Westchester. So that's just really awesome. Thanks for mentioning that. Absolutely. I'm curious in what ways your family, your cultural influences, or your community shape the way you view leadership. Would you share some, some thoughts in that regard? Absolutely. So I, I'd like to share a little bit about um, my heritage and my background. Um, so although I am born and raised uh, in this area and have, was born and raised in Chester County, my mother um, is a Puerto Rican woman and my father um, was a Mexican immigrant. And having the background of, of um, Hispanic ancestors and those coming from Latin America, I think has left such an, a mark and imprint on my life. Uh, my family um, occupationally has been very involved in agriculture. Uh, my, my grandfather, um, he works on a farm in South Jersey, and he has worked on the same farm for the last 40 years. Um, he came to the United States back in the 60s, in the early 60s, um, and has been here um, since. And I should say he, he was born in the United States. He was born in Puerto Rico. However, he, came, he migrated to um, the, the upper 48, I should say, um, into the New Jersey area um, and later in the Chester County area. Uh, but he, he still works there till, till this day. So I, I think that my culture has really installed um, to me the value of hard work and the value of, of, of possibility. I just had the opportunity to visit my great grandmother, uh, my great grandparents, I should say, who are, I'm, I'm very still blessed to have living. Wow. And in my visit, I got to go to um, one of the villages of where our family is from. And I got to speak with my, my great grandmother who was just such a wealth of wisdom. Um, this is a woman who has never seen the day and age of a traditional classroom. She has no formal education. And in speaking with her, uh, the guidance and advice that she provided to me during my visit um, was, was encaptured and encapsulated in one word, and that's adelante. And adelante is a Spanish word that means to move forward and to better yourself. 
And I think that I have the opportunity and I'm so blessed to be positioned in a way to continue to move forward and to continue to create access to individuals who need it and individuals who would like to see the opportunities that I have. Hmm. Adelante. A-D-E-L-E-N-T-E? L-A-N-T-E? That's correct. Adelante. Wow. Adelante. Thank you for sharing that. I'm going to make sure that that goes in the show notes so that people yeah. can, who, who are not native Spanish speakers, um, yeah, can can see and that it, word it and, and reflect on it. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. And to think that your grandmother, with no formal education, the wisdom, your great grandmother. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, your great grandmother. Um, Wow, what a gift to still have your great grandparents and to be able to see see the the influence over the generations and the commitment and and the progress, I think. Yeah. And um, I mean, culturally, I, I also feel like I've had a lot of strong women in my life um, mm-hmm. who've really have shown me, I think, the the key to leadership um, to treat everybody with respect and dignity. You know, to to look at everybody individually and value who they are and the talents that they, that they provide and offer. Mm -hmm. And so the, the progression of my great grandmother, never seeing school, my grandparents um, never having formal education with the exception of my grandmother, she went to school up until the eighth grade. Um, And then in that time, children did not uh, pursue any higher education only for those who, were affluent and had the means to be able to do so. Mm. So she made the decision to go to the States and, and start work in the fields and in the farms. Um, so to have their, their background and to have their spirit with me, um, it, re- it certainly resonates with me for sure. Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, I'm sure your family is very, very proud of you. you. I can only imagine. Um, I'm going to share something a little vulnerable here. Um, you mentioned strong women. And of course, I knew your mom at the yeah. time. Um, and your mom taught me in a very clear way, helped me see my implicit bias and my um how I was, how I, how something I did was being informed by white supremacy culture. Mm-hmm. And it was around time and being on time. Mm-hmm. And here was your mom who, who was doing everything she could. She was managing all the, your family, large family, and getting you kids to these rehearsals. And I can remember the place and the time where she humbled me. She, she was very strong in letting me know that I was out of line and, <laughs> and I'm, I'm forever grateful for that. And I am, I'm embarrassed. I was, I still, you know, there's this embarrassment, but there's this recognition. Really? Yeah. Yeah. There's this yeah, recognition really. that that was probably, that was definitely necessary and definitely needed. Mm. And she shouldn't have had to, she shouldn't have had to call me out, but she did. And I'm glad she did. And I learned from it and strong woman there, your mom. Yeah. 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 She, I I think that she really 
just embodies motherhood in such a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, as you know, I am one of seven children, so we we do have a fairly large family, um, and I grew up with with a single mother at that. So yeah. um, having her demonstrate advocacy um, and, and demonstrate a, a bit of, of grit um, mm-hmm. and and tenacity, I think, has taught me a lot over the years. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, please give her your best. Give her my best when you, when you talk to her. <laughs> oh, next. absolutely! You certainly can share we'll that do. story. <laughs> we'll do. We'll do. So, as you think about the people with who you're surrounded by, your sphere of influence, the people you live with, you work with, you interact with, and and you, there are many ripples for you. Um, <laughs> what would you want to invite them? to think about or explore when it comes to leadership? What would be your invitation to them? Absolutely. And one of the approaches that I've taken to leadership is to talk to people on all levels and to actively Mm -hmm. engage and solicit feedback from everyone within the organization that you're leading, everyone within the effort that you're leading, no matter how big or small the position Mm -hmm. or title or responsibility may be. One of the things that I learned very quickly in joining the Right Place School Board and uh, working in the executive offices in healthcare um, is that the people at the top is where a lot of the, ma- or the people at the, I'm sorry, the people at the bottom, I should say, is where a lot of the magic really happens. Mm-hmm. I'll share that my mother um, is a housekeeper, not to reference her again, but I, I grew up with my mother being a housekeeper and she's she's a housekeeper uh, within one of the local health systems in the area and i i always admired leaders who solicit the feedback of the people who are presenting our facilities in such a beautiful and miraculous way mm-hmm. the talent that they have to really shine our facilities and make people feel welcomed when they come through our doors for healthcare is such a huge responsibility yeah. and it's such and it's no small feat. And the skill set that you have to have, um, not only with the, with your, within your physical capacity, the skill set you, you have to have in order to learn how to work with different chemicals um, and different protocols and safety protocols, it's huge. And they have to get that correctly. Mm-hmm. And they have to get that correctly oftentimes the first time. And as we grow through an age of COVID and the pandemic, sanitation, um, is certainly more important now more than ever. So these roles, I think, are, are really vital. When I started rounding within my school district and, and getting to speak with my custodians and my secretaries and uh, my cafeteria workers, I, I found those experiences and that feedback to be the most rewarding. Because for me, my leadership and how I treat these people is reflective not only on who I am as a person, but I think it's reflective of the work and the legacy that I'm leaving behind, mm. making sure that I'm connecting with everybody. Now, I, as you know, I, I frequently have calls with the governor's office. I frequently have calls with my superintendent and very high level and more high profile people within the community. But I always find that speaking with people from all levels and engaging a wider net of feedback, I think is really important for me to know. So for, for leaders, I, I, would challenge them to think about that. When was the last time that you rounded? When was the last time you spoke to some of the ancillary support staff that support the work and mission that you're driving? 
And that's something that to me is incredibly valuable and I think is, has led me to be where I am today. Yeah, that is brilliant insight, Jose. I love what you what you said about this idea of, of everyone at all the levels, but especially even you, you know, you called it at the lower levels. Everyone has a responsibility for leadership. Those as you spoke of your mom and and as a as someone who works in housekeeping and needs to she has responsibility at her level and there's no one whose job is more important than the other they are just all part of the system and the other piece that really uh, resonated with me was how you used the words my teachers my custodians my this one of the very high most highly correlated uh characteristics of leadership effectiveness the research says that relationships building relationships is one of the most highly correlated uh leadership characteristics which means you've got to build relationships and you can't just focus on task you've got to be focused also on the relationships equally to the task. And when you use these words, my, 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 this is, this says to me, these, you're feeling that in your heart. This is, you're building these relationships. And these are people, human beings that you care about, and they care about you. And you've created these beautiful relationships where they are, they know that they are respected by you and, and you respect them and they respect you. And it becomes this this mutual relationship. I just think that's beautiful. No, thank you. Thank you for that. And to that, I, I, I would also like to highlight that the idea that we all have roles, I think also signifies that we're all contributors here. Yes. We all have yes. something of value to contribute Amen. to the cause and mission that we're trying to accomplish here. And in my circumstance, in the realm of healthcare and education, it's for the betterment of people's lives. Mm. And specifically, uh, as of now, the betterment of, of, of the lives of children. And um, for me, I think, I, I, I think incredibly highly of all the individuals that are a part of the organizations I'm a part of um, and their contributions are something that I will always be grateful for. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. So, Each month, we explore a theme around leadership in the Turning Points Leadership Community. And I know you're in the Turning Points. I think you're in the Turning Points Leadership Community. Are you in there? I am. Okay. I I thought I I saw you in there. Okay. Well, each month, we explore a theme around leadership. And this month, we've been focusing on managing change and transition and the complexities of supporting teams in transition while managing the change itself. What comes to your mind or resonates with you when you think about managing change? What has been your experience with change and what have you learned from reflecting on those experiences? No, it's something that resonates with me so deeply because my life is constantly changing. My roles and my positions are constantly evolving and changing. And I've gone through so many transitions at this point. I I almost feel like I have it down to a science, but there's so many variables that... That, get, that go into play that I, I've never really quite mastered how to perfectly and smoothly go through 
um, each transition, whether it be professional roles or roles in service um, with my school board, com coming from a community member to transitioning to a board member, and then transitioning from a board member to a um, vice president of the school board, is, is it certainly has been this progression that I, I don't know if I've completely taken, taken um, mastery of yet. And for me, I think one of the, the keys here um, as a leader, at least in my position, is for the transitions that my staff and the transition that my colleagues um, go through. Um, one of the things that I always try to provide them is grace. And it's something that for me has been so pivotal and so key as to why I've been able to continue to do the work that I do is because so many people around me through relationships that we've mentioned earlier have been able to provide and offer me grace. Whether I'm starting a new position with a new organization or whether it's me, you know, joining new boards and, and, and going for bigger and newer initiatives, I, I have always been provided a level of grace and understanding and the leaders that I admire and have admired the most have allowed me the space to fail and to not have the fear of not failing, of failing. And for me, I think that has allowed me to take risks and to um, explore and to grow and develop and acquire the skill sets that I have um, because the ones that I didn't have. And because of that, I, I feel like it has made me such a strong leader in the fact that I was provided grace. Mm. And for me, mastery comes with, with allowing people to practice, get complete tasks, but also have the opportunity to, to get better at it and to do better for the next time. Mm, that is so wise. Um, and that word grace, I just resonate with that word grace so much. And, and you're right. If we do not give people the grace to be able to take risks and to, and to try to, um, to experiment, right? And we, we stunt their growth. Um, if they are so tied into having to follow the rules or do it the way someone tells them to do it, they cannot, they cannot move forward. Uh, what was the Spanish word? Advance for advance? Adelante. Yeah, adelante. absolutely. Right. Exactly. Go adelante Ex grace. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, and, and that's proven in the leadership research time and time and time again. Um, Absolutely. That, that people get stuck in this. In fact, 80% of people, this is an amazing statistic to me, 80% of people remain in the socialized mind. So they are always constantly looking at black and white, right and wrong, rule following, and they never start to think about you know, the mystery of why things happen and how things happen and how might I try they 80% get stuck. And only 20% of human beings make it beyond that. What does that say for the future of leadership? We've got to be creating that space 
for those four people in their spheres, right? To be able to take those chances, take those risks and grow as leaders. If we don't do that, um, we're going to be in some... <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, so, <laughs> so one of the things that I... Um, that I believe deeply is that we do our best as leaders when we allow our values and principles to guide, um, to guide us in the work that we do. And I'm curious, what, what would be one value or guiding principle that informs your work? And you can look at it and you can say, this is infused in everything I believe and how I approach my life, my work, my family, my, my leadership. No, thank you for that. I, I think my approach is this mindset that this work isn't about me. Mm. And everything that I do is in the lens of service. And I don't always get everything right. And I, I certainly take chances and risks and moving my mission forward and moving the moving the needle in terms of progress and change. But for me, I have come to this understanding sooner rather than later that everything that I do in terms of the work that I do and the leadership that I offer and provide, it has a bigger purpose than me. And there are implications and impacts on the decisions or lack of decisions on my level that have an impact on the lives and futures of, of, of people as we know it. Mm. One of the things that I, I can't stress enough with something like a public, publicly elected position, um, here in my school district, I have the responsibility of sitting on a board that represents a district of over 16,000 students 32 schools and programs, thousands of staff. Wow. And our school district within itself has, I believe, just under 150,000 residents. And when I am making decisions at the highest level, there is no level higher when it comes to making school district decisions, district decisions, than the board. And to be a leader on that board, there is no one else higher. I hired our current superintendent. I helped hire our current superintendent. I approve administrative appointments. I approve our, our budget and how that's spent and how that's allocated. These are huge monumental decisions that I have to really think about in terms of the implications. There's a cause and effect. And so I've really, again, have come to this understanding that the work that I do is not about me. Mm. It's about those around me and those I serve. Mm. Wow. How beautiful is that? That your work and your life is grounded in service. It's grounded in service. It truly is. Yeah. And I love the, just your sharing how, how the thoughtfulness with which you bring to decisions that you recognize the impact and the responsibility um, 
of being a member of the board, a vice president of a school board, and the impact that your decisions are going to have, and and that it's not about you, that it is about serving this community of children, these generations of children. That's uh, that's just awesome. I love and, it. And when you and when you think about things in that lens, it gives so much more meaning to the work that you're doing, mm. knowing that when you have that mindset and perspective at heart. And and for me, I, I again, I was very blessed to have incredible mentors and, and people who um, had advised me along the way. I've had many mentors. I have more than one mentor currently. And to have that level of support in the work that I do, I think it's really critical and crucial for leaders to have executive coaching, to have coaching in their life mm. um, and the work that they're doing to continue to, to feel supported in the leadership that you're executing. Mm. And I think when you look at things in that, in that lens, I've made some incredibly tough decisions over the years um, because I, I certainly know the, the outcomes and implications that decisions have at this level. Hmm. I wish I could bottle you up, Jose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, beautiful. So what is your favorite leadership quote? I always like to ask this at the end of an interview. (laughs) Who inspires you? And and what's a, what's a, one of your favorite leadership quotes? So uh, I'll have to read this to you. I don't know my, I don't know the full quote at, at heart, but there's a, a portion of this quote that, um, I certainly feel that resonates with me. And we'll take a brief pause while I pull this up. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that can be edited out. I know I put it in the Google form. Thank you for your grace. Absolutely. I'll start again. So I'm so glad that you asked this question. Yeah, I'll ask the question again. Oh, excellent. Oh, wonderful. So one of the questions I always like to ask in my interviews are, what is your favorite leadership quote? Because, you know, we inspire, there are others who inspire us. And I'm just curious, Mm. who inspires you? And what's what's a favorite leadership quote? of yours. No, thank you for that. Um, one of my, my all-time favorite people and, and one of my um, most inspiring leaders that, that I certainly appreciate is Oprah Winfrey. And uh, Oprah's story um, and her testimony and so many aspects of her life are things that I personally relate to in, 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 such, a, in such a touching way. She mm-hmm. gave the following quote at a commencement speech um, at Spelman College back in 2012, and Spelman is an HBCU, um, and, and I had the, the privilege of, of being um, on campus at HBCU while I was in high school, which was, was really nice. Um, but so this is a, a commencement speech. I'm quoting a commencement speech, and the quote says, I don't want to just be successful in the world. I don't want to just make a mark or have a legacy. I want to fulfill the highest, truest expression of myself as a human being. 
I want to fulfill the promise that the creator dreamed when he dreamed the cells that make up me. Mm. And when I, when I heard that and when I heard her and I've gone at this point to dozens and dozens of, of graduate high school graduations, college graduations, and have heard dozens and dozens of commencement speeches. And that line alone has absolutely stunned me. And I, I think that saying of us in our human nature, we have all of this, we have a shared goal of wanting to achieve the highest, truest expression of ourselves. Mm. And for me, I, I, I feel this innate calling for leadership. And I, I feel the calling to fulfill leadership and, and some of the most humbling is ways. And um, for me, that quote just resonates mm. so deeply for me um, and, and has kind of been a guiding post of the work that I have ahead, that there are bigger things after school board, after, you know, after, after service and, 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 you know, looking forward to some of the bigger challenges that I have ahead that will create some leadership opportunities for me. So I'm, I'm ready for that and ready to fulfill my, my, the highest expression of myself. The highest expression of yourself. And, and the, the last sentence in her quote about how the creator has put this in your, has put this in, in you for a purpose, right? That, that you were, you were made for this. You were made for this at this time, right? And so you are really, yes, yeah. Oh, how affirming. How affirming. And I really, I want to encourage the listeners to take that. And we're going to ask you to read that quote one more time. So absolutely. Yeah. And I would, and I, I want to encourage the listeners to reflect on, on this quote for themselves. So go ahead, share that again. Absolutely. So I don't want to just be successful in the world. I don't want to just make a mark or have a legacy. I want to fulfill the highest, truest expression of myself as a human being. I want to fulfill the promise that the creator dreamed when he dreamed the cells that make up me. Mm. Beautiful. All-time favorite quote. Mm, All-time favorite, hands down. Thank you for bringing that to this space. Because I'll tell you, there are a lot of us that have never heard that. And that, that's just beautiful. That Yeah, I, it's pretty tucked away, I think. I think yeah. it was kind of it was tucked away in a commencement speech. She's yeah. mentioned the, the portion of uh, the, uh, the highest, truest expression many times over the years. Mm. But, but in the commencement speech itself, she, she mentioned, she elaborated on that a little bit and in such a, a beautiful mm. and mm. impactful way. Wow. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that and bringing that to the audience. Certainly. Certainly. Uh, Jose, I've just thoroughly enjoyed <laughs> our time together today. I just want to invite you. you. Um, so what stands out to you today as we as we finish up our finish up our interview? To me, I I, I to me I I I'm so grateful and I'm so humbled to have 
this life and the experiences that I've had um, throughout this life so far. Um, in many ways, uh, although I uh, tend to sit in the public eye as a very fierce and confident leader, um, I, I share the same insecurities as others and I share um, the same vulnerabilities and the, sh the same um, struggles. And it, to me, I, I, I want to certainly leave the message that I, like all of you, are, are very much still human. And speaking in the theme of grace and mastery, mm -hmm. those are things that I hope are, are really key takeaways in how you can improve your effectiveness as a leader and your excellence as a leader with giving yourself the grace and allowing those around you to have the grace so that you can demonstrate what growth and an environment of growth and development looks like. And so as I leave here, it gives me so much more to, to achieve in the future and motivation to be able to do more and to meet that highest, truest expression of myself. And so I hope for those listening um, can certainly, yes, look at my, my circumstance and my situation, but also look at a future of hope with the work that you're doing as well. Oh, thank you for that affirmation. I received that. So appreciated. Yes. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Jose. And friends who are listening, thanks for tuning into this month's episode of the turning point of turning points in leadership. Um, I trust that you're walking away inspired um, and you're re already reflecting on your leadership and like Jose is seeking to do, serving every day and, and doing his best to, in service to make this world a better place, that you are also reflecting on your leadership and how you can make a difference in your spheres of influence. So we'll see you all next time on Turning Points in Leadership. Thanks, Jose. Thanks for being Thank the you, guest Chris. today. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to take a moment to like, share, and comment on today's episode. If you're not already a member of the Turning Points Leadership community, you can accelerate your development as a leader by joining today. You'll find the link to the community in the show notes. If you'd like to be a guest on Chris's show, send an email to turningpointsguest at liveworksatisfied.com. See you next time for more Turning Points in Leadership.